It's time to decide. You must choose your subscription box. Do you want fluffy, fuzzy things? Do you want a watch that you'll barely even wear? How about more collectibles to fill the shelves in your room? No! You don't want that. You want horror movies, and you want them on DVD. No, you want them on Blu-ray. Well, buddy, it must be an omen, because here I am, and here's HorrorPack.com. Join HorrorPack.com for $19.99 a month and get three killer DVD movies plus one exclusive. Or join up for $24.99 a month and get three Blu-ray blood soakers and an exclusive each month. There, now you've made up your mind. Or I have. HorrorPack.com for the best scare anywhere. All right, we're back, everybody. Once again with uh, Patrick. What? I know it's better that way. No, like that. do that again. <laughs> Hello, we're back, everybody. <laughs> Let me get a cup. I'll be Bane. Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Cho recommends you put on your headphones now to listen to... Hey everybody, welcome back to Achieving Reality, the podcast. This week we have our second episode with Patrick Sheeta, producer, director, and all-around great guy of Rednecks, a uh, short film I happen to be in, a character named Chug, and we find out what really makes him tick for movies and how he got the ideas and all that stuff, and maybe what's even coming up next. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast. We'll see you at the end. Bye. We're back again, everybody, because I'm a moron. That's not why we're back. And uh, and uh, we're still here with uh, Patrick Sheeta with the Invisible H. And uh, we'd li- I'd like to know a little bit about the future of Saturn Moon Beach Productions oh. and where you're going from Rednecks and its hopeful feature. Right. So um, I've been writing a lot lately as as much as I can, um, focusing on shorts. Um, so I, I try to keep like an, an, <laughs> an idealogue of, of things. So like maybe something, I remember I wrote the song once that was about this. Uh, that's probably going to be a short, not enough material to it. But some of them are like, that could be a feature. So I, I, at first I just, I, I try to be, be, doing be, anthology be, film. be studious <laughs> and write the log line first um, which you know is hard to do sometimes but at least write the log lines down and put and categorize them this could be a short this could be a feature at least get that down and then um, flush things out and flush out the ideas and what's if there's a twist or what's the catch what's this character like just write some notes down and some of those things that I just uh, have been working on in the past year or so I've been popping these little short scripts out. So I, I, t- I like to do 10 to 20 minute target, 10 to, 10 to 20 page as well. Uh, and um, I haven't really gone back to do the feature stuff because it's you know much different, more, much more focused effort. And I've kind of been wanting to focus on 
So if you, th- I like to think of it as a short, as as a complete film, but it's practice for writing a scene for a, a feature. Yeah, and, it's pretty and, cool. I like that idea. And um, one of the things I want to focus on that is uh, dialogue. So is this too verbose? Is it not verbose enough? Um, the, the the character, and I think there's there's a, a nuance there that you can write it on the page and you can hear it in your voice and say. He's saying all this stuff and he absolutely needs to say it. And then you go see the film for it and you're like, he needs to say half as much because you just bored me or whatever. And I've, I've seen, I like to watch a lot of shorts lately to see what people are doing. And, and I've seen some that, um, you know, are like 35 minute short. And I'm like, that could have been 10 minutes. That guy's dialogue, it was like some pompous Shakespearean <laughs> play guy who's a cop. It's like it didn't fit. The dialogue was wrong and it was too long. And. You know, you know what I'm saying. Or so. Stooth, stoppeth. <laughs> um, so, I'm really trying to be sensitive to getting good dialogue with with proper subtext in it, and the the whole textbooky. Do their voices sound different? Do they speak differently? And this guy's an intellectual; he's going to use big words. And I like to think of like sideways. Remember that? Oh movie? yeah, that's that's a great. Movie. So Paul Giamatti, who's a writer, he has like excellent vocabulary. And then I can't remember the other actor's name. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, but he's supposed to be like the college-ish party guy, and he's like says "dude" a lot, talks like this, right? And it's like they speak like their characters. And if you don't know how to write intellectual dialogue for the one character, then that's the challenge to make it sound right. So I'm trying to focus on that. The small picture is working on dialogue and, and doing writing some shorts. And even if I never make them, just the practice. But the bigger picture is now I'm getting better at writing scenes that I can drop into a feature. And then you know if the feature gets made and if I'm written it well... And, and it's far enough in the future that I have established a good experience with it, then you'll be like, oh my God, that was just a fantastic script end to end. And I loved every scene and the transitions between scenes and all that. And it just, you know, kind of honing the craft, I guess, but also looking forward. So, so that's what I've been doing. So I've been, so back to the original question, um, is just write, working on some shorts. Um, and we had about three candidates that we wanted to do. So Rednecks, uh, due to acting inconsistencies, like I said, uh, scheduling inconsistencies, weather problems. Um, you know, we were right at the end of summer where it was starting to turn into fall and the grass was browning out. And so we had to, uh, uh, we basically went over schedule and over budget on it. So we know that this next one we want to do, we're going to try to keep the budget a lot tighter. So we're like, here's our candidate scripts. Well, that one's going to take place in a bar. So there's a location fee, you know, have to be probably at night and we'd have to light it for day or you know what whatever that one's gonna be expensive and you know just go through and then we we settled on one that we're actually gearing up to shoot in uh, january that's just going to be uh you know hopefully good dialogue good another good uh controversial story and uh we're gonna go with that so sorry there's no um extra work for you or acting work for you i can't be in all of them (laughs) Well, it's set in a nunnery, so. Well, I, I, I could be a monk that just kind of, you know, comes in and gives them bread and doesn't say anything. A friar. Friar. Um, but that's one thing we do is when we meet or work with an actor, we like to think of it as, okay, now, now you're uh, in the pool. 
use like a corporate term. You're on the bench. It's like, yeah, we like that guy. He worked well with us. And there's going to be a role, and he's going to be the guy for it. And and we do that a lot in, in, in the way that we recruit actors. and I am willing to shave. <laughs> this will get shortened. It will not go away. But I am willing to shave. I mean, I'm not going to look like a woman. So if it's in an honorary, that's out. <laughs> but, you know. I mean, so there's a certain so thing. You, just so you know. There's a certain thing about you. So you have a power to your voice. Uh, you know, you sing them loud. A good present, a good in music, they might call it. You have your tone is supported. Ah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if I would have you uh, like a, a timid little guy who gets bullied. I'm not going to really go with you. No. You know, but if I need, like you said, the guy who is leading um, the veterans group. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. You give off a certain leadership vibe, or, or there's certain things right so so we like to think of like we have all these actors that we know and things people that we've seen and certain things locally in theater or whatever and we're like we're going to hire that person but we don't have the role yet you know that's definitely how we think of the people we've worked with it's not like yeah we you know larry he's great but he can't carry something no no, maybe i'll write something for larry you know what i mean and and that's actually um well kind of what i did with rednecks and the features i wrote it for tom right and then this next one we're going into, I actually wrote it for the guy who's going to be the lead character and, and his his physique and his tone and his, the way he speaks and everything is very important to the story because I wrote it with him in mind. And then another, the secondary character has probably about as many lines. I also wrote that character for him. So these two who have this certain relationship and and like I was saying before write it in their tone of voice they're kind of the sideways type of thing each character has a very different personality and they have to speak differently so that was one thing I tried with them but I knew like I I have to write something for that guy and it it turned into this one uh, that we're working on now so um, that's not out of the question for you Larry just might write a film for you hey it's fine with me (laughs) But your question was... Okay, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I can jump back and forth. Your, uh, your question was, what's in store, for, or what's the future of the company? Yeah, what is the, the future of Saturn Moon Beach uh, production? Right. So what we want to do is uh, get a few shorts out there, um, probably film festival them, unless something else presents itself. I, I find that's always a good idea. We've got two friends that are doing film festivals a, a lot, uh, Etheridge and Stacy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not done it. It's not I, income. We did it. it. One. Yeah. All it took. I I don't know. I think Hamlet could have gone on and done more. Well, it still exists. It's not like we destroyed all copies of no, it. No, I understand that. <laughs> but yeah, so we're looking to do that unless something came along and said, no, no, you need to release that because it's going to make a ton of money for whatever reason. But we want to just film festival the first two, three, and you know, we're still a new company. I'm still developing as a writer and and all this stuff and get that out there and and it's you know definitely our calling cards and and, and my style will develop and be more prominent Uh, hopefully it's different enough for for what's going on locally that you know we can establish some type of uh, unique niche and then we start approaching um, bigger funding and maybe we get that feature made and if anyone's interested and if not I have a couple other features lined up I want to write in my opinion, going by the what I know of the story of Rednecks, if you can get someone to foot the bill for it, 
I mean, you're not, we're not talking, you know, multi-billion dollar, you know, not talking Marvel. Right. But I can see you making a fair penny off of that movie because especially right now, the way you can say, you know, booger and someone gets offended by it, I think that would be the perfect thing because people would be like, yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. You know, we can all be friends. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Spoilers. Uh, what? What? <laughs> but, uh... Uh... Thanks. You just completely threw my whole train off the track. That's what I'm here for. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but, uh... If... Once you get done with the little short and you get it out there, you never know. Someone might see that and go, what, you have something else like this and that's when you whip out the, you know, yeah. the big boy and you're like, this! Someone's like, let's do it. And also once you, you know, turn it to this, the festival circuit, you know, if you are trying to find funding for the feature version, you can use that as your proof of concept. Exactly. To help generate funds. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's the movie going to be like? What's well, it's going to be like this. Yeah, these are the characters, the exact characters. Yeah. In one scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, watch that. <laughs> Read that. Because a lot of people go into it and they've got a script and they've got you know, maybe some concept drawings or something I mean they might but even have storyboard when you haven't out, started but... production you don't have a lot of actuality to show them what it's going to be like at least in this case you have a whole entire scene here for them to look at yeah, yeah. and that's it's a self-contained story so they'll have an idea of what you know, what they'll be getting into yeah and you remind me that when we approached um, Brad Brinkley who plays Alvin the secondary character in Rednecks <laughs> we said to him we think you'd be perfect for this but We'd like you to pencil us in for the future because we would need you for the feature. And he's like, of course, right? But it would be the same character. And this one is supposed to take you know, five years before, sometime before. They're both adults, but it's a little bit before the feature. And, you know, so there would be appropriate, acceptable amount of natural world aging. Exactly. That would be believable. We laid it out and said, here's the big picture. We're not necessarily telling you what the, the big features about but you're in it we would we would need to have you because if you do the swap out the actor thing most people might not know yeah and then it's glaring yeah i mean i'm i'm 100 behind seeing that take off just because i can be like hey i knew him when and it's like watch the beginning thing because i'm in that (laughs) i just think it'd be super cool to be able to just you know i don't go to movies a lot and i'm not gonna lie but if that came out, I'd be like, we have to see this. And I will be there opening day. And I'll be, you know, I know that guy. And I know that guy. And I know that guy. Just be the annoying dude who did the credits. I know him. And I know him. And I know him. No, you don't. Actually, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> and interesting enough that the lead, the lead guy in our new short that we're working on, we wanted to make a film with him initially. But we thought for the feature, which we, we were originally going to film the feature first, he was going to be one of the characters, uh, the, the Swan's best friend in the feature. That was the plan at the time. And so we're like, oh, cool. So then when we go to make Rednecks, it's like, dude, you, can't, you cannot be in this movie because of the whole scenario that happens. You wouldn't be there. It, the story wouldn't make sense if you were there. Right. Because then you wouldn't have had this tension because then maybe you would have been his partner and, and maybe you wouldn't even gone and whatever the reason is. But so we approach this guy, cool, we want you for our feature. And he's like, yes. 
well, we're going to make this other movie and you're not in it, sorry. Well, why not? I'm a good actor. Well, because you can't be in it, you know. So <laughs> Because I, you're a good actor. <laughs> and obviously it doesn't work for you. Yeah. So I wrote a film for him and we're filming that in January. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I turned it off. You you called that one. Mm-hmm. I've had a few years' experience. <laughs> Fine, I'll turn it off. There, it's off. I thought that was very poignant. It really drove the point home. He got done. And he, I said he was deep, and then metal played, <laughs> just to show how deep he was. Well, that's really cool. And then. Um, that's something we don't really do. The whole drama thing. We don't really do drama. In well, our movies. Well, not real, full-fledged drama. We're we're dramedy. Yeah. If well, horror. Well, what comedy, was? Yeah. I guess that wasn't really a drama. What? Um, it just it just left my head. <laughs> the, the 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 picture where everybody was dressed in black. We did it at at, at uh, what's his face's office. Damnation Bureau. Damnation Bureau. That's yeah. more psychological, but it yeah. was kind of dramedy-ish. Yeah. Well, there wasn't much comedy in that one. No. Well, except for Matt pulling a skateboard. That was behind the scenes. Yeah. Still That's funny. more of a Twilight Zone type thing. It's not. It's yeah, not more, quite proper genre because it's got a fantasy element involved. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we haven't really done a real drama, have we? Mm-mm. I get bored. Well, you did those vignettes. Those are drama-ish. Yeah, about 60 seconds long, yeah. Yeah, but there's drama there. Mm-hmm. That's our drama. Da-da. Oh, no, it's suspense. <laughs> no, it's one thing to be, the you know, write a poignant little tidbit and put it out there, but then when you're trying to do an entire story that's purely drama-based, I, I, I don't get into watching them, so I don't... Yeah, don't feel I don't qualified know. to write them. Yeah, I don't feel. I mean, unfortunately, I get a lot of I get a lot of great ideas. This would make a good drama. I'd never watch it. So yeah, why am I going to make it? Because yeah. my heart wouldn't be in it. You know, everything that we've done has either been horror, comedy, or you know, psychological based. Like he says, he can't do that to drama. I can't do that to comedy, which is really weird, because everything I do is improv. And I just can't sit down and be like, okay, these need to be funny. Because I can't. I, I would agree with you about myself. I'm not at a point where I could write a comedy. Yeah. I just could not do it. Yeah, but see, I couldn't do what... I can't write what you're writing either. See, I'm... I'm I mean, it's really funny. I mean, I'm wearing a metal shirt. We've got metal on my phone. I like Rush, Kiss. I listen to death metal in order to write the horror film I'm, I'm listening. So, you know, horror is kind of my thing when it comes to being able to write. But if it's acting, I haven't done a drama, but... Well, yeah. Have I? A couple weeks ago. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, I was just... But I only had a couple of lines, so... Um, Can't start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, so the PTSD thing, I guess, would work. And I mean... But I haven't done one where there's more than just, you know, me trying to get the group together. I mean, the Alchemist is... Is not you know a classic drama, but it, it's a fantasy. But it yeah, was not a comedic. Fantasy. It wasn't really a comedic. No fantasy. So yeah, it qualifies as a serious role. Is that yeah. the one with the little girl. Yes, 
I saw that. Yeah. Thank you. She was great. Yes, she was. No, no. I, was he I, in it? Yeah, very funny. <laughs> um, you're, you're a riot. A lot of makeup, though. It's hard, <laughs> yeah. hard to recognize it was. It's really funny. Um, everybody that's seen it has said the same thing. You know, the girl was great. Uh, and uh, because she is. She really is. She's actually done Marvel films. And so is her brother and whatnot. Now, granted, they're usually something in the background, but you can see they're always visible. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, well, I, f- I can't remember which one it was, but one of them, it's like the little boy is literally in the background eating like chicken fingers. You know, the, the mother said that the kids, you know, they kind of came to it naturally. And then, of course, they do all the classes and everything. But, um, yeah, she's good. She's very good. And she was eight. So... I was surprised. I was surprised. She's ten now. I think she just turned ten, which is really hard to believe. Cause I don't remember. I don't think it was two years ago that I did that. It feels like it was just last week. I've actually had a lot of people say that's your genre, fantasy, and I'm like, are you sure it's the genre, or you just want me to play grumpy old guys? Because you know, I can do both. <laughs> So you know, I, I see you. Find grumpy old guy in it. Okay. I, here's what I would see for you. So, you know, when I was younger, Robin Williams was doing his wild stuff, right? Oh, yes. So, I mean, he he actually kind of had a limited range of characters and motions and craziness and stuff. It was it was funny, but after a while, it kind of the same. Yeah. What I loved about Robin Williams is when, when he would do the serious roles, the Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah. And I can see you like that. Like, really? Like a really good deep it's not a super deep emotional like Will Smith in Pursuit of Happiness where he's just deep and down and stuff Robin Williams still has that little bit of flair to him but it's a serious role I could see you doing something like that and I think I think the the fantasy stereotype for you I'd like to not see that as your stereotype personally (laughs) What, well, what's really funny is one of the things when I got cast for the role, because they, they actually did auditions for the kid, and, she, and of course she got that she wanted. They didn't do auditions for Alphonse, the uh, the alchemist. The, she hit me up, and that was it. But then one of her questions was, you know, what size are you? And I'm like, I'm a big guy. And I'm like, you know, you don't have to buy any of that. She's like, why not? I go, because I own it all. So everything I'm wearing and a lot of the extra stuff on the set was mine. <laughs> They're like, this is perfect. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, it's... it's so the next time he works with him, he's going to be a gun runner. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that too. Uh, or a sniper. Yeah, and some people get cast like that. So like Brad Brinkley, who was our Alvin. He's a muscular guy. He's not super tall, maybe six feet or just under. But he always gets cast as the cop, the SWAT guy. Yeah. The the he's kind of got that intense look. Um, we know a guy like that. So, I happen to know through the way that I found him that he was a, a good theater actor as well. Yeah. So his, the stereotype of his look, he gets a lot of these callbacks for that type of thing. And I'm like, no, nah, sorry, I'm not going to use you for that. I need to use your real skills. And um, and he, he nailed it. He was great. And, and part of the reason in the film that I always had him leave his hat on was because it did give him a different texture to his look that was more believable as our character. Um, at one point, Swan takes his hat off, 
Um, and then uh, Brad said, well, we both would just have our hats off. At the end of the day, it's hot day. And I'm like, I'll leave it on because I don't want to throw in this confusing, hey, he looks like that cop guy. He, he was a jerk Marine. It's like, no, no, you're nailing the drama of this and, and the, the texture of this character and he, you know, his beard and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, nah, you know, soak this in. Don't, don't ruin it for someone who may have seen you in something else because this is now your look for this that you may never get a chance to do again. Um, but uh, I, it would be very easy to stereotype you as, as whatever it would be. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're the you're the dramatic Robin Williams. That's what I'd like to see. Maybe I'm gonna write something for you. <laughs> the dramatic we, Robin Williams. Yeah, we have a we have a, a bit, and what Hamlet said about that about being typecast. And yeah, we we do. Because it happens, it pays the bills. It does, but it doesn't. It keep push you in a box. There's there's a lot of actors who really hate the roles they keep getting because they keep getting the same role. You know, and I mean, I've seen it over the years, and uh, you know, you're just like, didn't he just play that guy? You know, it's just it's a like, different name and different words, but I swear he just played that guy. Yeah. Like Reginald Bell Johnson, the whole first part of his career, he's always in a cop uniform. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's what people wanted him for. Yeah. But you know, he paid the bills until he could get his get known for something else. Yeah. Well, uh, Newman. Yeah, um, from from uh, Seinfeld. Wayne Knight. Wayne Wayne Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's what they put him in when you saw Jurassic Park. He was just Newman, right. but you know, but just he, different name, and he, he got more to do, of course. He did that a lot, but he also had the, the part on Third Rock too. He, yeah, and he does, and even well, even now he does a tremendous amount of voiceover work, a lot of a lot of cartoons and whatnot. I will say, I don't mind being cast as the fat guy. You know, just because it's who I am. I, mean, I don't even look at it that way. I don't even look at it like your shape or size. I yeah. look at it as well. Oh, there's a lot of people ask for what size. He's gonna be the gun runner. Yeah, he's gonna be the alchemist because his beard and this and that. And I'm like, yeah. oh, what if he was, you know, a PTSD counselor? You had to get deep one on one with one of these vets, and there was tears and stuff. It's like. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see the guy holding the gun. Yeah. And, and it's great, you know, that you're getting work and, and you look like the part and your little poncho thing. I actually like that look. I think you'll look cool. But I'm like, that's, no. <laughs> that's not what... I need well, to in, do something else with you. In that, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, because it hasn't come up, it's on the web. I, I can pull it, but I'm not in those yet. That character, he, he's an Australian guy. His name's Python. And Aaron, the, the man who's, who wrote and directing it, sees characters in color. So he'll look at you, say, okay, I want you as a character. This is your character's name, and these are the colors. Mm-hmm. So that's why the green poncho. Because if, if you see what's under the poncho, it's literally a green T-shirt and, well, actually, these jeans. Mm-hmm. I'm my own co- costumer. Um <laughs> You know, if I had known, I just would have brought, you know, a shirt to wear and you guys would have been like, oh, perfect. <laughs> the poncho bin, I don't understand, but I brought it and he fell in love with it. And so I had to wear it when we were just doing it. It was like 95 out and I'm just sweating balls. But, you know, it works. 
But, uh, yeah, no. You don't get Poncho. <laughs> Hey, if he's not all right this film, I'll do anything. I'll do anything, but not poncho. Do the poncho. <laughs> it's too hot. Okay, if we film it in the before, early spring, before March, mid to late fall or winter, you have poncho. Any other time, summer or late spring, no. So if, if I'm going to write a character when you're going to wear that poncho, then the character will have to that poncho would have to tie to the past in some way. So perhaps, uh, you know some ex-hippie or or your dad was a hippie and you, it has this meaning for you but it can't actually be part of your actual character it's just something you're holding on to oh yeah that's know. fine as long as I don't have to wear it in 110 <laughs> degree weather I'm good because literally after the, the couple of days of filming out Villa Rica and that thing then he wouldn't wash it I might write a movie oh it's for been the washed it's just so hot <laughs> I'm gonna write a movie for the poncho <laughs> Just for the poncho, yeah, that'd be, that'd be just a gonna set it on a on a rack and it's just gonna be there. It's gonna be like um, what's that movie where they or that TV show where they used to follow the gun from story to story, the same gun in each story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they do a little compilation movie with the just the poncho. The, the poncho yeah. I might buy another one. So you know, <laughs> I'm actually looking at um, the actual Mexican blanket poncho thing. Maybe that one because it doesn't have the hood and it's not a stick. I'm not sure I could cast him as a believable Mexican, though. Well, no, it would just be the poncho. Well, no, you can't you, cast me as a believable Mexican. You can't cast him as a believable Asian either. So. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really can't really cast me as an, a believable American. You get a lot of trouble for that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to appropriate anybody's anybody else's race just because I just don't. I, I can't do the accent. It's funny. As much as we love him, you couldn't make like the first 13 James Bond movies today. Yeah. Oh, no. No. Unless you're like Kung Fu Panda, where you're Especially raised by and, Asians. Live and let die. You're not you getting... Imitate their hairstyle. So I had to wear their clothes. Long, the real, thin, the real thin mustache and everything. So you're Kung Fu Panda Asian. There you go. I'd be Jack Jack Black. No, wait, no, that would put me back into Chris Farley territory, uh, and, and that was a horrible movie when he was the ninja, the Beverly Hills Ninja or whatever it was. Um, Let's stay away from that. Did you have your bad ninja movie made in Hollywood? Not, not yet. I hadn't, hadn't written it yet. <laughs> I hadn't either. I can't do comedy. I mean, I will. I mean, I can't write comedy. I can do it. I can bash that out in the night. You probably could. Larry gets beat up by everything. Why does everybody else have character names and not just Larry? <laughs> it's easier for me to remember. <laughs> Why does everybody have character names and I'm Fat Guy I'm just, and Poncho? I'm going to do like Stacy did, just give everybody the same, their actual names. Anyway, if, if it works, it works. That was funny. Though. We, we were what? Doing. I was Larry in um, Surprise Party. Yeah, you were Larry in... You never knew you should use your names. True. That's one thing I like to do is if your character has a name in the script, but you never say it, I'm going to change the script so that it's said at least once. Otherwise, you don't get a name. You're just guy or man or whatever. So even if it's just like, you know what, Larry? I think you're wrong. And it's like the last line of the movie. It's like, if I'm going to give you Larry, you have to say it somewhere at least once. That's actually a great <laughs> idea. Because honestly, if you have a character in the movie, even if he's one of the bigger names in the movie, and he just, but he never, you never say his name, why give him a name? So, yeah. That's he, why I like, yeah, the, the fact I just kind of chugged just came around naturally. 
because he, he was writing it about my mama. Right. He felt bad. He came to me. He goes, "Oh, dude, I don't mean to talk bad about your mom." I go, "Why? I do." <laughs> when you have a, a character in a movie. In day-to-day conversation, you rarely, if ever, use somebody's name. Right. But in a movie, you have to use it at least once so the audience says, oh, that's Larry, so that they talk about Larry later. Exactly. And he's not in the yeah. scene. Then they know, who's he talking about? Yeah, if you're like, yeah, well, you know, Larry said, and they'd be like, who's Larry? Who the Larry? Or they could just do a really quick flashback to me going. <laughs> it's like, what? And then they have to break the fourth wall and go, what the hell was that? <laughs> or you can go with the old standby. Well, Larry will be here soon. And then the next guy walks to the door is obviously Larry. Yeah. Write him a bit as a door-to-door salesman. Please. Well, it's not like I don't know it. Yeah, I, was I did it for 14 years. Say, you can draw your past. It'll be like a whole method experience. Reminds me of the Twilight Zone episode where I can't remember the, the guy, but he's a door to door salesman, life insurance salesman, but he can see people's futures and he can see how they die. Well, I could see you doing that type of character. He's kind of like. You can see me dying? Where he kind of. In another one? He's a deep character, but he, it's a dramatic character, but he has, you know, his little thing about him is, you know, he has to fight, you know, to get through the day because he knows this information that he doesn't want to know. But, um, it'd be this. It'd be the meta movie. That's what you just call it, the meta movie. No one would understand that. That's, that's what he needs. Good dramatic, deep. I, I don't know if I really can do a whole movie of dramatic well, and do, deep. You could do something like the, the episode, um, the box, where they had the the guy delivers the box with the button on it and tells him oh, yeah. if you push the button, somebody somewhere will die. Yeah. Oh, I love those. The Twilight Zone episode, not the. Yes, I understand. Not the movie they made. But. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just I just love that. I, I'm weird like this. I love that idea. You hit this button and you can have anything you absolutely want. But somebody somewhere, it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter where, it could be somebody you love, could be somebody you don't know, will die. Unfortunately, I'd probably hit the button. Be like, well, all right. I just put it on the shelf of interesting things. There. Well, that's your thing. You know, I would hit the button and then I would put it on the shelf of interesting things. Unless there's like a tile of it involved, you know, in which case I'll just leave it in the packaging and put it out by the door. That's true. Yeah, that, that kind of thing really, really is just like, oh, God. All right. Because <laughs> I, I would, I'd probably think about it for, I mean, if it didn't have the, like, you got to do it within an hour. But if it's like, you got two days to think about this, I'd give it a good day and a half's worth of thought. And then I'd probably just go Even with it. if I completely whatever. didn't believe it, it'd always be something in the back of my mind. I'd be like, what if it was true? Well, see, my thing no, would be, I'd think, oh, I'd, I, if it was somebody within my inner circle, I don't need, I don't and I hit the, the button and they died, I'd feel really bad about it. But if I hit the button and then, like later in the day, I hear a news story that like a piano dropped on a guy, I'd be like, hey, I did that. That's funny. <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. And, and, but then I'd be sitting at home going, hmm, look at this, and my roasted pig outside, and, you know. Yeah, not me. <laughs> well, that's why we're such a we may have such a great podcast, Chris, because we're completely, oddly different. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you very much, uh, <laughs> Patrick slash Daniel Sheeta. All right, so for uh, Team Reality Podcast, I say uh, cue music.
And there it is, another episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast done and done. I really enjoyed the way that uh, Patrick Cheetah explained how he came up with his scripts and everything and how he used to be a musician and all that. Really interesting stuff. One of the more serious interviews we've done. Um, coming up next week is another interview with another one of my uh, close friends. Uh, this one's really close considering he works with me. And uh, you'll love it. It's great stuff. And we'll even have a little music involved into it. All right. So for Chris, Marissa in parentheses, Harvey, and the rest of the gang, I'm Larry saying see you next week. Possibly, maybe. Maybe I'll take a weekend off. Who knows? Bye. Our next five-minute movie, we're going to need big funding. <laughs> Which one are you thinking of now? Hey, everybody. Larry here from Achieving Reality, the podcast. So you've missed the last few episodes, have you? That's cool. We got you covered now. That's right, Achieving Reality the Podcast is now on Spotify. Nice, right? So, now you can listen to us on Podbean, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, and Spotify. We're growing and growing. I mean, wow. Follow us on Facebook and give us a listen on all of our new platforms and our old platforms. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Achieving Reality the Podcast. See you soon. All right, we're back, everybody. Uh, back here with uh, Daniel Sheeta with Invisible H. Who? Patrick Sheeta. <laughs> I got next week. I got a guy I'm working with who's coming in. His name's Daniel. It's your brother. You didn't know that. It's your long lost brother. So third time's gonna be the charm. Yes.